0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Bad Apple the Pod. I'm Helen. And I'm Riley. And thank you for coming back if you listened to episode one and made it through. Especially if you're not one of our parents or friends.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't listened to episode one...
0: What are you doing? What have you been doing? You've had a whole week. Skipping to episode two.
1: Yeah, don't (laughs) skip. Go back and listen to that.
0: So, today we're looking at a case suggested to us by our housemate when we very first mentioned that we wanted to do a case with a female perpetrator. This case is pretty graphic, to give you a warning, and involves some pretty gross details. So if you're so inclined to, you know, over these kinds of details, then prepare yourself and best not to be eating. So today, we're going to cover the case of Catherine Knight.
1: To give you a taste of how horrific this crime was, Knight was the first ever woman to be sentenced to life without parole in Australia, so she really went hard.
0: Yeah, I actually did the research for this one, which Riz normally does, and every 10 minutes I was like, "Oh, oh my God, I tell Riz what, what happened." Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I would
1: be glad that I wasn't doing it, <laughs> even I've though I was telling her every
0: part along <laughs> the way anyway.
1: I couldn't receive it firsthand.
0: Yeah, it's pretty horrific, and I have a pretty morbid curiosity, and even this pushed it. So, let's get into it. I'm going to cut right into the scene of the crime. It's the morning of March 1st, 2000. When 44-year-old John Price doesn't turn up to work in the town of Aberdeen, his boss gets worried and sends a worker to his house. Both a neighbor and the employer knocks on his front door, and that's when they see blood at the front door. They call the police who arrive at 8am. The police are met with a horrific sight. They discover Price's body, skinned and decapitated, in the doorway of the lounge room. But that's not even the worst of it. Hanging on a meat hook on the beam of the lounge room door is Price's skin pelt, for lack of a better word. Perfectly skinned. I mean, I'm sorry, that is just, that is something else. And that's only just the beginning of what they would come to find in the house. Rough morning for the police of Aberdeen.
1: Next to Price's body, they find Catherine Knight, unconscious from a pill overdose. So, Catherine Knight, who is she? She had been in a de facto relationship with John Price for a few years, but this is by far not her first relationship. Knight was one of eight children. She had six brothers and one twin sister. She claims that she was sexually abused by one, possibly two of her brothers, and there was a suggestion that on one occasion her father may have engaged in activity suggestive of some sexual connection with her. Without ever learning how to read or write, she quit school at the age of 15 to work at a clothing factory. A year later, she landed her dream job at a slaughterhouse, cutting out internal organs from animals. Dream job? Each to their own, I guess. I guess so. Journalist Peter Layla wrote in Bloodstain, the book that covered Catherine's story, that she loved her job so much that she hung her first ever set of butcher's knives over her bed, just in case she ever needed them.
0: For some late night butchering.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that a thing coming from a small town, Riz? Mm-hmm. Do people dream of working in, a, in the slaughterhouse?
1: Um, you know what? There actually is a slaughterhouse where I'm from. And no. <laughs> Not anyone that I know is like, yeah. I think some people definitely uh, are like, yeah, I really want to be a butcher and work in a butcher shop. You know, Mm. I know people that are like that, but no one, I don't know anyone that's like, yeah, give me the live ones.
0: Drawn specifically to the slaughter part of it. Yeah. Yeah. The knives, bit much. The knives over the bed. That's not decor. I feel like to her it might have been decor to Catherine
1: Knight. It was not decor, Catherine. (laughs) Bad taste. In
0: 1974, Knight married her first husband, David Kellett, and had two children. The marriage ended in 1984, and she claims to have been physically abused by her husband and had a nervous breakdown after he cheated on her. Khaled denies this and describes her as being, quote, unpredictably violent. He gave a statement of her choking him on their wedding night because of what she perceived to be the comparative inadequacy of his sexual performance. That's a quote. But I read somewhere that I think they went for like four or five rounds before she started getting mad. So inadequate? He was doing the most there. We'll leave, yeah, we'll leave that up to he was, her to
1: decide. He was trying.
0: Yeah. He also says that she attacked him with an iron one time, and he woke one morning to her sitting on his chest in bed, holding a meat knife to his throat, probably one she grabbed from above the yeah, bed. Yeah, it was just there. Saying, quote, you see how easy it is? And asking, quote, is it true that truck drivers have different women in every town? He denied any such infidelity. She also burnt his clothing. Although, there was no cross-examination of his statements and there's also no evidence mounted on behalf of Knight to contradict them. In 1987, she meets David Saunders, her next de facto husband. They have one child born the next year. She claims that he also treated her very violently and had kicked her in the stomach when she thought she was pregnant. After this, she immediately went into the backyard with a knife and slit his 8 week old puppy's throat while he watched. There's something
1: about animal abuse that, like, I'm not saying that it's always a precursor to murder and that everyone who, like, abuses animals will go on to kill a human, but it there really seems to be a little bit of a theme hmm. with people who abuse animals and kill them for fun.
0: Mostly with murderers or such, they probably might have, could have abused animals yeah, earlier. Oh. as
1: a child or a young adult, hmm.
0: mm-hmm. She also damaged his car, and it was about this time that she took an overdose of sleeping tablets and was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Knight took out a number of apprehended violence orders against Saunders, and according to one of her daughters, he was abusive towards Knight. So she's not really... She's not having a good streak here in husbands, if these abuse cases are to stand, you know?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He claims, though, that he never cheated and didn't kick her, and claims that he was the one being assaulted. He talks about an occasion where she stabbed him in the right of his stomach with a pair of scissors. This, along with killing the puppy, seems to go uncontradicted in court.
1: In 1990, she meets John Chillingworth and has a son with him the next year. Fourth
0: fourth child? Fourth child,
1: third husband. Yep. Again, she has nothing good to say about him and they break up after three years. There's a little bit of a pattern starting to form here. Mm. His statements also reveal a number of spiteful and vindictive acts. They broke up in 1993. There's some basis for her claims against John, as he was an alcoholic for the first year of their marriage, which might not have made him a great partner. But John gave up alcohol and was sober for the next two years of their marriage, and he became a regular member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Go John! Love that for John. We love a recovery. Knight's next husband is, believe it or not, also called John. And this man was John Price. John Price was known as Pricey by a lot of people in Aberdeen. <laughs> That's such an Australian thing to do. We just... Pricey.
0: Good old Pricey. Pricey.
1: <laughs> From a previous marriage in 1973, he had two children. That marriage ended in 1988. His previous wife states that he was never violent and remained a good provider, despite the long separation. And he even sought reconciliation many times.
0: She wasn't worried about that um, same name deal. No, she didn't have that. You know, some people. Some people. What? I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, if any an if, ex. if, if any X, ex, yeah, X's name pops up yeah. on a dating app or whatever, it really makes it just a little bit harder for them to pass my judgment. The test. It sets them back a little bit. Yeah. Not gonna lie. But knight, she didn't she have an issue, have with
1: issue. That. I mean, it was John. There's probably a lot of Johns out there. <laughs> that's
0: true. That's true. Actually, it was his name was Pricey. That's true. Maybe that's how she looked around
1: Yeah. He'd put put Pricey in on Tinder so that more people would (laughs) give him a swipe. Knight's relationship with Pricey began in 1994, according to her, a little later, according to one of her sons. Whenever the start was, evidence shows that the relationship was less than stable and it was very on and off. There was violence on both parts. She engaged in a number of spiteful and angry acts towards him. One of these involved taking a video of a first aid kit that Mr. Price had stolen from his work and sending the video to his boss after he'd made her angry over something else. This cost him his job. He did take it. He did take it. But, but she did oust him. She didn't have to snitch like that mm-hmm. with the video. Also, who's sending videos in the year 2000?
0: <sighs> On like a VHS. How that would have f- been proper difficult to do. Yeah, drop off that tape. <laughs> on his yeah. boss's desk? it wasn't
1: just like a split second sent a quick snapchat, like, yeah. in the heat of the moment. She had to follow <laughs> through with that
0: task. That's some
1: commitment we would
0: never know as this generation. No, <laughs> we would never.
1: During their relationship, she made it known that she had intentions to kill or at least seriously maim Mr. Price. She made these intentions known to several people, as well as threatening him in front of other people. He expressed fear for his safety to a number of people and stated that he intended to end the relationship and have her removed from his house. Many times, she sought for him to give her his house, or at least a share of it, and wasn't happy when he indicated that he had no plans to do that. She said to him in front of one of his friends, You'll never get me out of this house. I'll do you in first. That's a bit of a red flag.
0: Yeah, a bit bold. Yeah. On the 27th of February, which was a Sunday and two days before the killing, there was an altercation between Knight and Price. It's clear that he assaulted her, but the circumstances in which this occurred was unclear. He left the house and stayed in a nearby house of a friend, saying that Knight had gone to get a knife and he was fearful for his life.
1: (laughs) Sorry. That's a bar. Yeah,
0: tongue twister. Spitting bars. The police were called and he recounted his story, but Knight denies to the police that she had used or intended to use a knife on him. She was aware, however, that he had told the police that he wanted to end the relationship and had asked him to get her out of the house. The police informed Mr. Price that he would have to use court processes for that purpose, to which he protested again and expressed concern for his safety. Look, I don't know how it would have played out for like a woman in the same situation. Maybe it was a uh, 2000 thing as well. That's kind of dog to Mr. Price. The man was scared. You yeah, know? I think
1: potentially... It was different in the year 2000 and in New South Wales where this all played out. But in Victoria in 2020, if you go to the police and express, like, you have a well-founded fear for your safety, they can give you an interim violence order, which is, like, a the police can give it to you. You don't have to go to court. And it lasts until you get the court date yeah. and you can get, like, a formal one put in place. Yeah. But, that you know, this is 20 years on now. We've had, mm. There's been a lot of advances in that sort of thing. So... Maybe that wasn't an option back then.
0: At least, could have helped the man out. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Was expressing fear. They
1: hung him out to dry a bit.
0: Yeah. From then until the murder, there are no further disturbances from the two of them. There is evidence that she showed her bruises to many people, including police officers and her twin sister, both her daughters, her sister-in-law, and a friend, as well as her doctor. So... (laughs) Everyone she came across. (laughs) She was like,
1: look at this. One of them was on her right breast too. I wonder if she was just pulling it
0: out. She was like eight. unsolicited. Look at these bruises. She seemed like a bit of an unsolicited opinion or speaker of a person, you know? Yeah. Just says things. Yeah, that's true. It was when she went to the doctor that uh, it seemed that she was getting her injuries recorded down, not really that she was going for an appointment.
1: Yeah, the doctor said she wasn't really worried about getting treated for them, just that she wanted him to write them down.
0: Yeah. Mr. Price attended a chamber magistrate at Scone Courthouse? Scone? Scone. You know it's Scone. Well, in my opinion, oh, it's well, Scone. You say it like you know it's Scone. Yeah, because... <laughs> scon helen <laughs> it's a scon scone. scone Scone. sorry um he look anyway he went to court <laughs> he went to court uh to try get a apprehended violence order against Knight and informed the chamber magistrate that he wished to end his relationship with her and wanted to prevent her from entering his house we don't really know if that went through or happened in yeah. the end like it was too little too late cuz this is morning of. This is morning of murder. Yeah. In that same morning, Knight dropped into her sister's house to get a video camera that she had left several months earlier. Then she went to her daughter Natasha's house and bizarrely recorded a video of herself playing with Natasha's baby. In the video footage, Knight looks at the camera and says, I love all my children. I hope I see you all again. Mm.
1: What an odd thing to say. Why would
0: you need to say that? Hmm, I wonder. Hmm. Be creepy. Hmm. She takes her daughter Natasha and others to dinner that night, which is marked as unusual because there was no basis for a special dinner. Her daughter even says to her, quote, I hope you are not going to kill Pricey and yourself. Aww.
1: So everyone knew. Was this Natasha? Come on, Natasha. <laughs>
0: She also leaves her two youngest children with Natasha that night without clean clothes or school stuff, with a very fumbly explanation.
1: Yeah, I wonder what she said. Yeah. Was she just like, oh, can you please uh, just take them to school tomorrow and um, don't come over tonight?
0: Thanks, bye. <laughs> Natasha was like, oh, how weird. <laughs> <laughs> how weird. Oh, Kids, do you want to change your clothes? You know what clothes? Else was weird? That dinner. Oh, well. well. <laughs> 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 Maybe, uh, I guess in the moment... Get your head in the game, Natasha. <laughs> I guess in the moment, perhaps it wasn't as obvious stringing all these things along. We are really... Natasha had, in fact, had a whole day before that dinner. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes. And we've got
1: all of the hindsight. Mm. Back at the crime scene, police begin to recreate what happened between the two of them that night. Bloodstains established that Mr. Price was first attacked in the principal bedroom, being stabbed on the front of his body. He then got off the bed and ran to escape, during which he was ongoingly attacked He moves down the hallway in order to try to leave the house. During this, he's stabbed in the back multiple times. At one point, he stops to try and turn on a light, and it appears that he was stabbed more at the front of his body when he stopped.
0: Why did he stop to turn on a light? That is not that strange to me. I assume maybe he was on the way of his exit. Anyway, I would also not want to be in the dark when that's all happening. I would want (sighs) to be in the dark.
1: Take I'd me. just be sprinting. I'm not. I'm running for the door. Show me the door. True. That's true. Strange, but potentially, you know, when you're. He wouldn't have been thinking very straight. He reaches the front door and opens it, succeeding in leaving the house. There's blood on the outside doorknob. That's how we know he managed to get out. He didn't remain outside and was either dragged or, less likely, came back into the house, where he fell in the hallway quite close to the lounge room door where his body was found later by police. She was strong to drag him back in.
0: Yeah, something tells me the woman had um, a certain drive to... She had guns. Yeah.
1: I guess she was probably dragging around cows all day in the slaughterhouse. Oh my god! (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) This is where he fell in the hallway, quite close to the lounge room, where his body was later found by police. They found heaps of blood pooled in the hallway, so we can assume that he laid there bleeding out for some time. John was stabbed at least 37 times in various parts of both the front and back of his body. These blows were from the upper part of his body down to his buttocks and below. There may have been even more, but it's hard to determine because of what Catherine did to the body afterwards. Many of these stabs were deep and extended well into his vital organs. His aorta, both lungs, liver, stomach, colon, everything. They found a butcher's knife adjacent to his body and a butcher's steel for sharpening knives on a lounge chair next to his body.
0: Ugh. Yeah, not
1: nice. Ooh, that creates such a horrible image. Imagine bit, like bit cinematic. You're like laying there. You're like, oh, you can't get out, and she's like, go- she's like, she's sharpening, f- 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 sharpening the knife on the thing. Yeah, true. Ugh. I hope he passed out at that point.
0: Yeah, I hope he was. I mean, if he was dragged back in. I oh, think he
1: might be i hope he was like fully unconscious
0: Catherine then drags the body from the doorway into the lounge room at this point the blood in the pool underneath him is like what is that word you wanted to say coagulated coagulated i was gonna say not fully fluid which is what the court document said it wasn't dry but it wasn't like wet wet it wasn't um so he might have been there for a little bit yeah that's what we're trying to say okay good so knight then skins Price's body with considerable expertise, and basically everything comes off in one piece. One pelt is the court document. The word describe pelt. It's awful.
1: I'll tell you something. Sometimes when the court has to deal with like really sensitive topics, like someone being skinned, maybe they. Like both counsel and the judge will have a meeting to discuss what kind of language they're going to use. Right. So they've chosen pelt.
0: I don't know if that was. Uh, maybe it is good. Maybe it's the. Very objective.
1: It's quite scientific.
0: In the post mortem, the skin was so intact, it was basically just re sewn onto the body in a way which then they could indicate what technique she used to do it and also like where all the stabbing and everything had happened. She left one small segment in place, a patch of skin on his upper left chest. It's probably not a coincidence that this part is also had a scar from where she had gone at Nicked him from him. a yeah, earlier point, night. not on this night, just earlier in their relationship. So next she hangs his pelt on a meat hook on the beam of the lounge room door, which is later removed by police because the skin was so intact it can be deduced that the head was still attached at this point to the body when he was skinned at some point after the skinning and before 7:30 a.m she decapitates him and arranges his body with his left arm draped over an empty soft drink bottle and his legs crossed this was probably like an act of defilement she also sliced off parts of his buttock and she took these parts to the kitchen where she and this is actually outlandish Starts peeling and preparing various vegetables. She cooks his head in a large pot together with the veggies so as to produce, and mm. I quote from the court documents, a sickening stew. I think that's probably accurate. The judge wasn't wrong. It is a sickening stew. <laughs> I can't even say the next, but it is you can so do, you gross. Pot was still warm when the police examined it mid-morning, which supports the conclusion that the cooking of his head took place in the early morning of March 1st. She baked his buttock pieces in the oven with some other veggies and then arranges these pieces on plates with the veggies and left them as meals for his son and daughter. And he, she, like, wrote these really vindictive, just awful notes to go with them. She throws a third piece into the back lawn. We don't know why. Some people say maybe she... Like, tried a bit and wasn't into it. Yeah. Just chucked it. If someone
1: invited me round for, like, breakfast, because it was the morning, if they're like, come over for breakfast, I walk in, it's like a roast, I'm asking questions.
0: (laughs) True. In an interview taken in the morning of March 4th, Knight claims to have no memory of the events involving his death, saying, I don't know anything on it, and the last thing I remember was going out for tea with me daughter and the kids, coming home. A number of police officers who were highly experienced in this kind of stuff found the need to, like, take time off because just the situation was so awful when they were examining the house.
1: Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. I would be stressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm stressed out hearing about it. So the police have got Catherine Knight as really their only suspect, but she claims to have no memory of the night. The trial begins on October 15th, 2001, Where she pleads not guilty to murder. She also chooses to give no evidence, so there is no sworn testimony of her childhood or past relationships. It's not like uncommon for defendants to not give testimony themselves because obviously it risks you like saying something self incriminating, especially when the prosecution's like coming at you in the cross examination. But the fact that like her team also didn't even have anything to cross examine the prosecution witnesses. Which does make her claims look a little shaky. They even had to brief the jury about the graphic and disturbing evidence that was going to be called into the trial. It only lasts for one day before Catherine changes her plea to guilty. Maybe she, like, saw that it wasn't going very well with her team.
0: I think they let that pass because they thought that she wasn't really in the right state of mind going in either, with the whole, like, I don't remember, you know, thing. Yeah. So, they do accept it when she changes it, which I take isn't usually what happens. Yeah, I think
1: changing your plea during a trial is definitely uncommon. Normally, if you've come that far, like sometimes there can be like longer than 12 months before your trial. So, you've normally like made you've had time to think about whether or not you were guilty. But there's nothing wrong with actually doing it. I had a bit of a quick Google of the law in New South Wales where this trial was held. And the court can, like, make you pay the costs for the duration that's already happened. But that's, like, about all they can do. And because there was only one day here. Yeah. I mean, still money, but better than, like, keeping on going. The judge orders an evaluation by psychiatrist to make sure that she's fit to plead guilty. And although the psychiatrist do conclude that Catherine suffers from BPD, so borderline personality disorder, that she is still fit to enter the plea. The psychiatrist explains that while BPD probably drove her to make the decision, it didn't really govern how she carried it out.
0: It was determined that the murder was premeditated because of comments she had made to other people, to Mr. Price himself, and comments made by Mr. Price and the conduct of the prisoner in the days leading up to the murder. There are, yeah, as we said, so many points where she was just doing weird stuff that everyone noted was weird, Mm. um, straight up telling people she was going to do it, threatening him, so Throwing him in front of other people. Probably an easy call to make to say it was premeditated. I think, yeah, she was thinking about it. Yeah, I think doing any one of those actions would have made it premeditated. Yeah. Like dropping the kids off at his, her sister's place. Yeah. The video camera. The, video the dinner. Camera. So many things. Weird stuff. So Knight is formally charged with the murder and sentenced to life imprisonment with no opportunity for parole, which is the first time this ever has happened to a woman in Australia. She appeals this in 2006, but it's it's dismissed. The judge says, writing in his statement, "This was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society," which I agree with.
1: I agree too. It almost reads like a really bad story. Yeah, like a movie, a movie plot or something.
0: Yeah, and even in telling it, I get so disassociated. Yeah, the it's more hard to connect. About- yeah, yeah. Where is she now? Do we know? In jail. Still in jail. Perpetually until she dies.
1: Yeah. So thank you for joining us for episode two of Bad Apple.
0: That was Catherine Knight.
1: Yeah. Hopefully go have a glass of water, get some fresh air after that one because that was intense. And do if you're listening to this right before bed, get up and like go read something or like well, watch a YouTube video.
0: Something else.
1: Don't go to bed right now because when I do that, it's over for me during
0: the night. Yeah, There is a bit more prone to sleep problems.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's a bit of a... just oust but me she's to, trying our to look listener. out for you guys. I'm looking out for you, and you can join us next Monday for episode three. Should we give them a little? Why not a little hint? Malat, Malat, but not not what you think. Hmm. Say no more. See you then.